You're listening to Red Gorilla Network, the Kong of Casting. Listen to the official We Live Film Podcast. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Cause some watch film, but we live it. Go ahead. Make my day. Hello, fellow filmsters, and welcome to the We Live Film Podcast. It is just me and Big Gabe of Stuff Burrito Entertainment. But what, it what, what is everybody? Yeah. Everyone is not here. We have one person who's not here because they decided that they didn't want to hear anything whatsoever yeah, about Star Wars. He's, he's in the woods. He's covered in dirt. He's uh, hopefully uh, eating something that's actually edible. But yeah, he's you never know with Chad, though. <laughs> no, you never know with Chad. You never know. <laughs> um, and then uh, Ashley's back home. She's back east, hanging out with her nieces and her mom and her sister and having a good old time and forgetting that uh, any of us exist. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I always tell her as long as she has a good time, she's, she looks more fo- she looks more forward to going home than I do. Not that I don't love my family. It's just that we have different relationships with our family. So this is the episode that everyone's excited for. Um, that's no one is listening to live because everyone is at the damn movie. And that movie, of course, is Star Wars The Force Awakens. So we were very, very, very lucky um, here in L.A. And I'm sure people in New York and other areas were lucky as well to get a early screening of Star Wars The Force Awakens. So that makes this podcast a reality today that we can actually talk about it. Um, We will just quickly go through a couple other things uh, and then spend the majority of the time on Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, Two movies are opening up with Star Wars The Force Awakens. God help them. I have no idea why Fox... And uh, Universal decided to keep these uh, release dates. No idea whatsoever. Uh, but of course, well, it's. If, if anything, uh, with the chipmunks, it was actually supposed to come out earlier, but they moved it. Oh, I, I did, you know what? I did not know that. Yeah, purposely to the, uh, December 18th. That makes no sense. No. Damn it, that's no sense. Especially that. considering that uh, this is the same studio that once carried. Star Wars. So I think that's even more surprising just because, you know, regardless of what we have to say or anyone on our little world on Facebook that, you know, supports We Live Film or we're friends with, think about Alvin and the Chipmunks. The reality of it is is that it's a kid's movie, it's a beloved franchise, and regardless if the movies are good or not, kids are going to go see it. So why the hell would you set it up for something else that every single kid in America would want to see? I don't understand. Um, and I guess we could just talk about this uh, real quick, is that this is the fourth entry in the Alvin and Chipmunks franchise, which I just, it kind of shocks me to say that Alvin and Chipmunks is now a franchise. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I go into these movies. I've seen all of them. And um, 
I don't I don't think that they're that bad, but I just, you know, I'm not the target audience for them, uh, and I think, like, they try to add these sub-stories to them that they don't need to be there. We really just want to... The kids just want to see the singing chipmunks and watch Jason Lee scream Alvin. That's really all they want. And uh, this movie um, has a fun little road trip, but the uh, secondary characters are unnecessary, and um, it's, it's, it is what it is. Let's put it that way. It exists. It's perfect for the kids' ages between the ages of four and probably ten. Maybe even ten's a little bit too high nowadays, maybe like four and eight. Um, it's entertaining enough at times, but it just doesn't need to exist. No, I mean, as I, as I was watching it, uh, I, I could imagine as a kid, you know, all this animation is happening, all this, you know, stunt work and choreography with the dance numbers and everything. And, yeah, it's, it's appealing to the eyes of a child. And, yeah, I think I would love it if I were a kid. But for the adults, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's torture, but, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 in the hands of a better director, writers, uh, producers, they can make a really good family film. That's not the case. I mean, this is strictly for kids, and they're gonna have a, they're gonna have fun with it. But at the same time, this is the kind of movie that when they grow up, they're gonna question their, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, we we did a review. If you want to check it out, it's yeah. on YouTube.com backslash We Live Film. Um, you know, it, it, again, it's not a it's not a film that is like a Disney movie or a Pixar movie where, you know, you can go into The Lion King or The Good Dinosaur or Finding Nemo or, you know, some a goofy movie. I mean, just, just the, the, the opportunities are uh, nameless and countless in terms of that, um, where you can appreciate it as a family film and as an animation and the story kind of becomes timeless. These movies are very much made for a very specific demographic and, um, you know, I think they really do make each movie kind of, they put put a time stamp on it in a lot of ways. I don't see yeah, it they, being. they always use uh, songs from the top ten, you know, the, the top pop songs. And uh, Which I will, I will admit the, uh, and I said this in the review, the, the Uptown Funk uh, performance was actually pretty cool. I, I, I dug that. I was like, wow, that's, the amount of time that they spent with that was cool. But again, it's dated. I mean, that song already is played out. Yeah. So, I mean, what, a year from now, the kids might still enjoy it, but I could just imagine the parents walking by, the kids watching it on DVD, and the parent probably rolling his eyes like, oh, God, I don't care with that song. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think, um, you know, you can do worse. You can do better. It's um, It's passable. I guess for a kids' yeah. film. So, uh, and then Gabe didn't see this, and um, I, I saw this a while back, um, and I'll just talk about it really, really brief. And this is th this to me out of the two movies is the is a sadder release. Um, even though I did not feel like the movie Sisters was that great of a film, um, there's just no. Um, denying how great the chemistry and the bond is between Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, just really, you would want to talk about some really talented, smart, funny women in Hollywood. Um, I think these two are where it's at. And um, 
it's a shame that this movie's coming out because it's just going to be overlooked because it's smack dab in the middle of Oscar season up against Star Wars for its opening weekend, followed up by Joy, Hateful Eight, and a whole bunch of other movies next week. Like, it's just it can just kiss its ass goodbye. Mm. Um, it's really just the story of two sisters that get together and they, um, they're getting rid of their old house and they decide to throw a big house party there. Um, if you're into the house party type movies, like where, you know, partying and stuff like that, it, it's, it's entertaining enough. It does run a little long. The cameos or the secondary characters make up for more or less the better part of this movie um, in terms of the enjoyment and the comedy believe that or not um i remember when i saw this movie my my big criticism was tina fey trying to be kind of raunchy and um not being the smart and sexy woman that tina fey is like kind of trying to go against her type and playing a character that she normally would not play um and it was kind of weird because I felt like she was trying too hard. And um, I'm pretty sure Chase Lee, if you want a little bit more details about this, he did a review for his uh, Camp Breathe comedy segment on Wednesdays, again, on their YouTube channel. Um, check that review out. I think he goes into more detail, kind of talks about it. Um, and he, he pretty much nails how I feel about this movie. So um, we want to just kind of brush over these real quick just because we want to get into the big Thing, just like how film uh, film goers are going to do about these movies, we just want to brush over them real quick. Um, Lucy's so sad because I, mean, I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but even they know we're doomed. We're not, we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now Tina Fey is in line to watch Star Wars. So. Well, Tina Fey probably saw it on Tuesday with the rest of us. In all fairness, she probably they had a private screening for her. Ah, uh, uh, you know, you know, she's going again with, yeah. her, with Princess Leia. But you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she probably is. Um, I mean, Gabe wanted to bring this up. I mean, we should just talk briefly. There was a couple big trailers that came out this week. We normally do our trailer talk segment. Um, the first one is Independence Day two. Uh, Gabe, uh, yeah, well, what were you, uh, this was kind of a surprise, to say the least. It was, it was. I, 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 I didn't think we would see this trailer until next year, to be honest. Uh, but when I saw it on Facebook, boom, there it was. I'm like, no. I thought it was a, a, a fan-made video, for one thing. But when I clicked on it, and I saw how it looked, I was like, I'm actually kind of impressed. <laughs> I, I, I thought that... It is, it is way t- uh, um, this is a, a sequel I was on board with 10 years ago, not 20 years. But once you see the trailer and once you start to think about it, the 20 year gap does make sense. So, uh, I thought it was pretty damn good. Um, I, I think that Jeff Goldblum is going to play a very important role, hopefully more than, than uh, Liam Hemsworth, because, uh, Let's, let's be honest, he's a good guy, but he's not the best actor. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I, I like the trailer, and the only thing that really kind of, I don't know if it threw me off or if, if I thought was necessary, was the fact that the, you know, the, the speech, the famous president's speech from the first film echoes throughout the, the trailer. And there's a part of me that, that, that respects that, uh, but at the same time, it, it kind of feels like they're treating you like you're dumb. Like, remember when the president said this? I don't know. It, just, it didn't have an impact on me. It was, um, 
the trailer for me was really surprising because of the fact that I could not be more more further from ever greenlighting a sequel to this movie. Mm. But when I saw it, something weird happened. Like I, I just I like I felt like wow, like this kind of had and like a cut glue ten sizes. It 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 felt very much like it was going to be a serious movie like that just the way that it was i mean i know a trailer is only two minutes of a movie um but the way that it was cut up and spliced together it just it left me like saying wow i am surprised and i think the internet kind of had that same reaction i think everyone was like oh roland emmerich here he is again and they saw it and they said wow this looks pretty good so um and it and that was the surprise i think the other surprise this week that came out that we were not expecting so early in the week was the star trek trailer yeah which beyond what star, star trek were you beyond. beyond excited for that trailer no <laughs> yeah no. And, 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 and i like uh J.J. Abrams' previous films. And, and, and Kevin, of course, is going to say, oh, well, you know, if you don't like the old <laughs> films, then, you know, you're, you're evil. No, um, I like I like Star Trek, you know. I, I enjoy it. I'm not invested in it. Like, I'm not a Trekkie, for one thing, but I do like the films and the series and everything that involves, uh, you know, the Enterprise. Uh... But I am excited for the movie, uh, this new film, because, you know, I think the other two are good. But the trailer, I don't know, it was, it was lacking something. I don't know what it was either. Uh, it, like, yeah. it, 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 I guess what it was is that we've seen the other two trailers and there was always, like, a mystery. Yeah. Like, as the first teaser of, like, what exactly was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of, like, took the route that was so anti J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. by showing us a lot of what was going on. But the the humor, the, the, the tone, the average tone was like, it, yeah, it you know? was like out of place. Someone I, actually put on Facebook that this is more like a Fast and Furious trailer than a Star Trek trailer. And well, it's I, directed I, I by the guy, right? Justin Lin. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then with the Beastie Boys song, which I, I, oh, lo- I love yeah. the song. And I know that they used it in the first film, but that's where it should have stayed. Not, you know, carried over to the, you know, the third film. Uh, whether they use it in this film, okay, then that, okay, fine. But I don't know, just for the trailer, it just didn't really uh, match, you know? So um, it is just a teaser. It, it had a few good shots, and uh, I am excited for the film, but that was just a very odd trailer to me yeah i i agree i just like part of me was like yeah another one's coming out and then another part of me said i'm not sure about this right, yeah right. i had a very so. very weird reaction to it um and then uh for our blu-rays just to go through them real quick um we had fantastic four which you can skip mm, no no you can skip <laughs> no. and mission impossible which i would say Buy? Yeah, buy it. There's there's a a Target exclusive. I don't know if Best Buy still has their still book, but both editions look really nice. So whichever one you want, buy it. It's a good movie. Yeah, that's... I would think... I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, 
usually I'll pick one like really big budget movie this year to put on my list. Um, and I, I know I know that yours is going to be somewhere between either Mad Max or Star Wars. Um, mine is torn between this one, The Martian, or Star Wars right now. Ooh. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't picked yet. <laughs> but this movie is that good. I, I think it's really entertaining. And I mean, Tom Cruise just proves. And did you hear that uh, the, the female character is coming back? I did. I did That's hear about awesome. that. Yeah, I, I know. Like her. And, and, yeah, she was a real female character, right, right. which was nice <laughs> for an action movie. <laughs> um, yeah, she was, she was really good. Uh, and then... Uh, Even though we don't know her name. Rebecca something. You know more than I do. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was the Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials that come out this week. Um, I'm on the fence about that one. Uh, I would say if you're a fan of the first film and you saw this movie in theaters and you're, you're like a fan of this franchise, I would say buy it. Um, but for everyone else, I would say rent it. I don't know. I don't know how much, uh, I will repeatedly viewing the movie, but, uh, thank you again, Fox for always sending me it. You guys rock. I love you guys so much. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was never really anticipating anything involving the Maze Runner until I saw the trailer for this film. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty good. So I saw the first film. I liked it. This one I like a little bit more. Me too. Uh, it's a lot more exciting. Some good new characters come in. So I think the general consensus will be to, to rent it to see if you like it. I, for one, when I get some money, I'll be buying it. I liked it. So... Rent it. Do you remember what the fourth movie is? Because I forgot. I don't. Okay. There's something else that came out this week. Oh, uh, uh, you're not going. I know. I already know you're. You're Ted too. Oh. Ted too. That's why I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we know you. I I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. So rent it. Uh. Yeah. If you're a fan of the original one. Even those people had mixed reactions right, on it. Right. So, so I don't know. Um, I wasn't that big of a fan of the first one, but I, I think the first one was better than this one. That's wow. all I'll say on that. Uh, so for me, it's a skip. There you go. All right. And now the moment that everyone is not listening for. Dun -dun, dun -dun, dun -dun. <laughs> this is This is the point of... Of the, the podcast, I would actually encourage anyone who is listening to just leave. We have an archive section. You can check it out. Yeah, it'll be up on iTunes later tonight. So if right. you want to listen to it, and then in, um, we only did the single shot tonight, as you see, um, because we're going to hopefully just take the video tonight and uh, upload it. So um, for everyone who wants to hear spoilers, um, Maybe maybe some people from the East Coast are back. It, it, it is, uh, it's 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 six o'clock six o'clock here. It's nine o'clock there. No, the movie didn't get out yet. It's still seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yet. so no one's here. So just just unless you're a press person and you're some for some reason listening to us, which is very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you, <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Sweet hashtag was a WLF podcast. Yeah. WLF podcast on Twitter. Uh, and then we can f be found at redgorillanetwork.com. And we're over in Burbank, California. <laughs> um, so, Gabe, 
this was a it was a big day for us on Tuesday. Oh, uh, I think a little bit more so for you than it was for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I may, may I just spoiled. I didn't grow up. We were me and Gabe have been talking about this for a while. The last couple of days is that I grew up in a household where and they did exist at one point. I think Scott Mans could probably you know realize or understand where I'm coming from. That there was such a thing of you either pick Star Trek or Star Wars. And my mom picked Star Trek. She was a Trekkie. I, she went to conventions. I remember going down Atlantic City with her. Um, loved William Shatner and Spock and all those characters. Did she comb your hair like uh, Spock at some point? You know what? If you look at some pictures of me, I wonder <laughs> what my mom did when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> Ashley will make fun of me. She's like, she's like, you need to look like someone put a freaking cereal bowl on your head. Um, so, yes. And, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, I gained a little bit of weight now, but um, there there was literally a time where I put on a Spock costume and I actually won a prize at my work because I look like Spock. So there you go. Um, so with that being said, um, I watched Star Wars as a kid. It wasn't like on repeat like some of the other movies that a lot of things that we talk about like Rocky. Like Rocky was like, oh, yeah, I love Rocky. Die Hard. Oh, yeah, I like Die Hard. Um, where I watch those movies on repeat. Star Wars was kind of like I remember it. I remember the characters, but I couldn't tell you every single detail. And then I kind of went back last night and rewatched them. Um, so I was excited, but not Gabe excited. That's why I'm going to let Gabe take over because I've been talking way too much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the first major franchise that I grew up with. Uh, we even had a uh, a friend uh, of, of the family who took every film and put it on a you know a VHS tape. They took all three of the original uh, trilogy films and spliced them together, which is really just basically taking out the credits. And my brother and I would watch that so many times. We wore that tape out until eventually we you know we had the VHS tapes. Uh, so yeah, it's something that I grew up with and watched constantly uh, and then my love for it just amplified as I kept growing and, and growing and then the prequels happened. I, I, I'm gonna admit to you that I actually do like the prequels not so much you know when I first saw them because you know when, when I first saw them the excitement was there the nostalgia was there I wasn't, and I wasn't as critical as I used to be, as I am now. Oh yeah, that's um, that. I think is a big issue. Yeah. Um, even going back and watching the original films now, right. for me, as as someone who didn't grow up watching those on repeat, like there is the critical bastard of being a film critic, or even I don't even know if it's just film critic. Even as a film lover and seeing so many movies yeah. throughout Hollywood now. And going back and looking at stuff like you, Absolutely. you just become critical. Yeah, I mean, it's it's inevitable. I mean, for those who don't, who who can completely love everything they see. Zachary Marsh, there you go, Zachary <laughs> Marsh. You're so, welcome. Uh, you know, I I still enjoy the prequels till this day. Uh, they didn't stain the trilogy for me. The original. Uh, I'll admit, Attack of the Clones sucks, but you know, it's it's got its moments. So yeah. They're going, uh, you know, they, Lucas sells his rights to Disney, and all the possibilities in the world opened up, and they announced J.J. Abrams, the man who made Star Trek look like Star Wars, is now doing a Star Wars film. <laughs> so, yeah, that just, oh, that, that ooh. So, 
I, I can't believe it's here. I, I can't believe it's here. And when, when this wonderful, beautiful <laughs> man told me, Gabe, I got a chance. Uh, can we mention where we saw it? Yeah, absolutely. Going to Walt Disney Studios to see the Star, uh, the Force Awakens on Tuesday morning. I was first like, showing too. First like we, showing. we got the first show. We didn't get to go to the premiere. You know, no, a lot of no. lot of big people. You know, we're not that level yet. <laughs> Hopefully one day, but hopefully not by episode nine. Yeah, I would hope <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to go to the first screening out of the day at Disney Studios. They had four screenings total that Waking day. Waking up at seven in the morning. That's something that we don't do. <laughs> no. no. So I was like, drop everything, uh, and hell yeah, uh, I'm there. So absolutely. Uh, I gotta tell you, when we got in the theater, it's it just, you know, I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. When that opening claw appears, I, if the sound wasn't so loud, I, I, I can guarantee you, you would hear my heart beat. <laughs> it was rapidly beating, like, this is happening. I don't believe it. And, I mean, everything I wanted it to be, it just about was. It, it was... Uh, as a Star Wars film, as, you know, watching it from the fans' perspective, it feels perfect. It's obviously not a perfect film, you know, like you, you brought up the, the original trilogy. They're not perfect if you really look at them, but they feel perfect to you. That's how this film was, and, and in a sense, this film does bring back the spirit and the level of wonder and amazement from the original trilogy, something that the prequels could never do. So, there you go, right then and there. If you're, if you're worried that, uh, if you're still listening, um, if you're worried if this film's gonna let you down, I, I can't imagine it will. Uh, it does have issues, which we'll get into, but just that first experience. And I gotta admit, I, I, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but seeing it, uh, throughout Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everybody's like, the countdown of Star Wars, the countdown. <laughs> yeah, the anticipation. I know, I know. I'm not gonna lie, I felt as powerful as a Sith Lord, and I'm like, I, I saw it. I saw it. So I had to just, I, I have bragging rights, I had to use it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's one of those rare cases where you get to see something that you know everyone almost everyone in the entire world is excited to see it's these rare occasions where you can see something as a critic and say you know what i got to see it before you know before you and it, it it's really weird because it it embraces something in you like you just you just you 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 find like i don't know critics are great is a great job i mean anyone who doesn't love being an entertainment journalist there there's something fucking wrong with you um because you get to go to movies you know you might have to see a bunch of shit shitty movies but i mean the experience i I would never i love doing this so much where i get to go to a movie and i get to go to like the freaking star wars event and then it's not even this and this is not something like where like i'm super duper excited for but it's such a great job to be able to do this and then come here and do a podcast or do a re- write a review or do a video so fucking great and anyone who doesn't appreciate this 
really and you're 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 doing this for a living or you're, you're something wrong with you because it's such a, a incredible experience i gotta tell you when i was writing my review even though the pressure was on to <laughs> yeah yeah i time, know uh and i was actually i was literally falling asleep at one point i, I felt so honored you know i felt so honored and excitement and there was so much i wanted to say but, uh, you know, it was a non-scholar review, and I tried to be as vague as possible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it just it feels like an honor. So, yeah, when I hear of people who complain about, the, you know, being in this industry, and I mean, this is the professional. I'm more of a spectator, but it just it, it drives me mad how somebody could complain with being involved in this. It's it, yeah. It, I'm telling you that we're going a little bit off top, but but I, but I just want to do do want to point out this. Um, I got to sit. I sit in a lot of screenings here. I sit in a lot of screenings back east, where I went to New York and I went to Philadelphia, and there literally were people who came into the theater. You know, these people who are getting paid to sit there and watch a movie and then write about a movie. And they're complaining. Uh, how long is this one? Oh, it's two hours. Oh, I better be good. Like it's as much as I hate like Haunted House Two or some other movies. Like there's just you take the good with the bad. But you think about it. If you're someone who literally has a career doing this, that you get up every day and you have to go sit in a movie and then write about it, and then you get to go interview like. Oscar Isaac or somebody and then you put the video up or you know you do a rent right up like you're getting paid for that like think about that like think about the shitty jobs that people have at fast food or in retail think about all these shitty fucking jobs that they have and you're complaining that you get to do something that is so fun so entertaining and just something that people would kill for. And, really and, and ultimately, this is this is the Christmas bonus right here. Yeah. You, you watch the shit movie, you watch Fifty Shades of Grey this year <laughs> and, and all kinds of other terrible shit. You know, that, that's basically paying your dues to where you finally get to this one movie if you're, in fact, looking forward to it. Um, this is your prize. This is what you get to be able to see it earlier and in a nice, uh, at, at fucking Walt Disney Studios, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Walking by the Muppet set. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know. Again, we're all talking here, yeah, but, but it, it just, it, understand. There is something special about yeah. it. There's something special regardless of how much love or passion you feel for a Star Wars film. There's something special about this franchise that, people would kill for that would pay millions upon millions of dollars just to go to an event for so with that being said um i was looking forward to this movie and i mean the magic is restored in this franchise um very simplistic story in terms of the storytelling but if you go back and watch the other three movies um very simplistic storytelling more about the characters more about the action and this one very much follows it is the new hope for the new generation that's that, that should be the, the tagline on the <laughs> blu-ray box so go ahead gabe tell, tell us some things you liked about it uh i like the fact that i want to see it again and again i'm li i literally i'm having withdrawals uh so um 
But what did I like? I mean, the best, I guess the easiest way uh, to start it off is just talking about the characters. Um, and before I get to the, the, the main character that I really loved, uh, let me start out with uh, Oscar Isaac's character, um, Paul Don- Danovich, Danovich, something Danovich, like that. Danovich in a Star uh, Wars movie. I want that, that I want. He, uh, Dameron, sorry. Dameron, Poe okay. Dameron, sorry. Hey, even as a hardcore Star Wars fan, I struggle with the names, okay? I struggle with real names, so I'm not gonna... Well, the thing <laughs> is, is that there's so many characters in this right, universe. Right. Like, it's like, you you know the, the central ones that you grew up on. I mean, now everyone's gonna know Daisy and Finn now, yeah. you know? But, I mean, geez, there's not, some... Not to mention, there's so many characters in the universe where they never once say their names... In the film, so how the hell would you know? And that right, they never said Poe's last name no, in the movie. Po, let's just po, let's just that's point it, that out. Po. His name's Poe. I I knew his name was Poe when we go. did the review. There you go. Uh, great character. Like I, he is he's literally in the first scene. He he just it's it's a great little introduction. Uh, I I don't want to mention uh the one thing that I I didn't put in my review and I haven't said up to this point, and it makes me so happy. To see a Star Wars movie that does not have robotic acting like the prequels. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, uh, I was just so worried that the, the few. <laughs> there's, one, there's one person in particular. Yeah. But for the most part, these new characters talk like regular people. Uh, they, you know, there's some. Mild cursing, we're talking about down in hell, uh, and and the, the the reactions that they go through, uh, they seem very genuine, and and that's what this Paul character uh, demonstrates is that he's, uh, you know, he, you can tell he's heroic, you can tell he's brave, but at the same time, there's a sort of uh, I don't know if I can say reluctance, but there's uh, you know what I'm trying to say, like. He's slightly scared in, in a way. Like he's he doesn't really know. Um, maybe on uh, for uh, Poe. Yeah, for Poe. More so Finn, which I'm getting ahead of myself. But for Poe, I didn't. I, I, I didn't feel like that. If I had to describe Poe, like, and I think you said this, and I I've read a lot of reviews for this movie now. <laughs> um, he's like Han Solo. He like it, it's it's and it's almost like. They didn't put him too much in this film because they didn't want like a character who would be like a new Han Solo to over <laughs> overshadow, overshadow the actual Han, Han Solo. Solo. So. Um, so, but the character gets the same type of introduction as a character exactly yes. like in the New Hope. Um, even like the whole entire setup of that character is pretty similar. Um, about like the whereabouts in the right. desert, blah blah blah. Um, so you see him in the beginning of the movie, then he kind of disappears, and then he comes back at the end and kind of shows his uh, his his his, his, his heroics, yeah his, his heroics uh, his uh, his skills as a as a pilot. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know like I agree with you that like his character was the one I put in on my review that didn't have really any screen time. But was like the one I was rooting for in the next movie. Like I, 
can't wait to see how that character yeah. develops. He left a hell of an impression, and, and that's that's a good thing. Even if you have, if you lack screen time, if that's the character that you're thinking about during and after the movie, that's a that's a success. Um, I guess we should talk about Finn. Yeah, I, um, this guy, I've seen him at that when I went to the Star Wars press day. John uh, John Boyega. Yeah, John Boyega um, plays the character Finn, who. Now we can actually talk about it. It's so, it's so nice that I can actually talk about it. He's a, he's a stormtrooper initially. Um, you know, he kind of gets this, you know, he sees what's going on in the world. He kind of has a change of heart. Um, and then he, he kind of gets hooked up with Oscar Isaac's character, Poe. And they get this, they get separated on the planet, which is when he runs into Ray. Um, and, He's he's a he's a much different character out of all, I think out of all the characters in the Star Wars universe I think he's the one where I feel like is the more modern day take yeah. on a Star Wars character um, he he definitely does not feel like someone who could have been from the night you know the, the the New Hope he does not feel like a character from the New Hope no. he feels like uh, a 2015 character <laughs> um, which. Some people may have a little bit of a struggle with. I know at first um, I struggled with it, but I, I, I grown to like this character, and that's why I actually want to see the film again so yeah. I can see now that I have my uh, critic goggles off, I can look at it from a film, film fan. Um, really like the amount of energy this character brought, like the fact that he kind of was a scaredy cat, but not totally a scaredy cat. He, he, he played a very well-rounded character. My prediction, and I think well, we can even do this too if we want to have fun with it. My prediction is he's going to be like the Princess Leia character of this new franchise. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just a really likable guy. And, and when we got out of theater, we kind of thought maybe they tried a little too hard to make him yeah. likable. But when I, I think about it more... It's it's just this idealistic character that you have there. That he knows that he originally signed up to do some wrongdoing, but it wasn't in his heart. You know, this is a guy that's growing. He's a little immature. He's uh, a little impressionable. He wants to do the right thing, but he's not entirely sure exactly how to do it. And I think that it makes for a very interesting character and, and leaves a lot of room. To, for, for growth and development. <laughs> I, like, I like what you're saying. Yeah, you might just become the Princess Leia of the <laughs> series. Um, John Boyega is, is terrific, and, and, and for a guy who has a very heavy accent, no trace of, of, of uh, any type of British accent in this character, which I find funny that uh, Daisy Ridley gets to keep her accent, but he has to change it over That to was her. a little strange. Yeah. I mean, was yeah. it supposed to be because of the fact that she was from that different planet? Ja, what was it? Jakku. Jakku. Was it because she was from that planet? I, I, that no. was, that's a very interesting point. I didn't even think about that. It's, it, British accents in a galaxy far, far away. You figure it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, he's just a really entertaining character. Uh, and he had some really awesome moments. I liked uh, how, even though it was sometimes over the top, I, I like that he, he, in a way, I just thought about this, in a way, he's kind of like a Star Wars fan within the film. When something 
amazing happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, they get some kind of win. He's like, woo, woo. Like, I mean, but again, I mean, if you're in that situation, you're probably gonna be the same way. You're not gonna take down a tie fighter and be like, good for me. Okay. Yeah, and um, another thing about his character, for the most part, um, and it, this is with his character in particular, um, I feel like he worked so well with Harrison Ford. Yeah, like yeah. it's kind of like the back and forth, the banter between the two. I really enjoyed that. And there's a storyline that's being developed here between him and Ray, which is Daisy uh, Ridley's character. Um, that I will say the more I thought about it, I, I kind of feel like it worked kind of naturally, mm-hmm. but the film didn't, and maybe it's just the fact that they're just, they're just trying to build it up. But there was one, one moment in particular involving a hug between the two of them, like where they just conveniently, uh, we'll talk about convenience in a little bit, but, um, where they just conveniently try to go find Ray and it's just like this hug that happens and it just it's kind of like as a friend when you see someone that you're you know you just saw like a day or two ago and you're like oh hey i haven't seen you in a long time like it just it rubbed it rubbed like it was just like okay guys we understand that you guys are gonna have something later on or like you're you're working on that but it it, that a little heavy-handed for me and it it just So I don't know. I, that was just the one thing that sent out, but I, I love the back and forth between him and and, and Han Solo. I just it I was, was so really, funny. I was worried about that. You know, you have uh, two actors who are there's a huge age gap, and <clears throat> let's be honest, Harrison Ford always looks so annoyed when he talks. Oh, to, he looks to so miserable. Yeah. Um, not not in this movie, and, and we'll get to him. But in in interviews and in, in reality, he always looks so miserable and like he wants to choke somebody. But yeah, the chemistry between him and Goyega was really good and unbelievable. So I was happy with that. Yeah, he's 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 gonna be he's gonna become one of those those key iconic characters. I mean, uh, if if I can give this movie any praise whatsoever, like I mean, I think the biggest praise that I can give it is the fact that somehow you have created three new central characters that hold their own on screen to three beloved characters and actually make you want to see their adventure a little bit more than the Absolutely. older ones. So, um, moving on, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Daisy R- Ridley's character Ray, and um, this is a this is a, a female empowerment. You know, Ke- uh, Carrie Fisher joked about this at the um, at the press day that she said, uh, you know, I invented girl power. Well, I think uh, I think Daisy Daisy Ridley stole it from me in this movie because uh, I'm going back and watching New Hope. You kind of relied a little bit on men. Uh, this woman, she don't need no man. She don't need no man. <laughs> Uh, I love this character. You know, I, I think that uh, women should love this character. This is definitely a, a character that, you know, everybody, in all honesty, should look up to. Uh, you know, she's just basically a scavenger. She has no idea where she belongs in the world. And uh, much like Luke Skywalker in A New Hope, he, she um, basically just wants to, again, like, like, then do the right thing, uh, survive, but she just gets caught up in this adventure, and 
she holds her own, like, like he said, she holds her own, she is incredibly courageous, uh, she kicks ass, honestly, uh, as an actress, as uh, her, her performance, Daisy Ridley, without a light, uh, you, could, you could say it's the performance, you could say it's the character, I just like that she brought the best out of everybody. Yes. You know, she handled her own when she was teaming up with people, and she just really just makes everybody shine even brighter. Uh, I, I really, I, I can't say enough about this girl, she's just outstanding uh, to, to watch, to see her go through this journey, and yeah, I and I'm now I'm totally invested in her journey. Like I've seen the original uh, characters, I love them, but I really do want to focus more on on Ray. And I think what's interesting about Daisy is the fact that I think out of everyone in the, if I was trying to think back to the press day, because so much stuff happened that day, and mm-hmm. it was like an hour conversation broken up. I'm pretty sure she was the one person who said that she didn't really know anything about the universe yeah, or really yeah, care that much about the the film itself like the the idea of the Star Wars franchise which i think makes that even more credible because it's not like oh my god you know Oscar Isaac seemed like he grew up with it mm-hmm. and like he really liked it for someone to say like eh it's okay and then come on as a new character and really sell the role. And I mean, she had the most character development. She had, you know, she pretty much, I think almost everyone, unina- uh, unina- I can't say that word. <laughs> I'm just, like, yeah, is going to say that she is the best character of this film. Yeah. So, I mean, bravo to her. She has so many, like, stand up and chill type of moments. I mean, she just. There's one scene in particular, uh, I guess, technically spoiling yeah. uh, things. Uh, the lightsaber sequence. Oh, the lightsaber sequence. That yeah. was, uh, I, I, I wanted to cheer so hard in that scene. There's there's but, a great level of, of female storytelling being told here. Um, and, you know, it, this is one of the things that Gabe and I talked about a little bit before we saw the movie was that I, I was kind of worried about the fact that they were just like going to do this and it wasn't going to feel natural. Um, you know, again, uh, we live in, a, in an era where like the last couple of years, I feel like there's been a very big woman empowerment movement where like there's a lot of feminism in these stories that there shouldn't be. Like, I mean, one thing that everyone loved about Mad Max was the feminism aspect of, yeah. you know, Charlie Theron's character. Um, and she, you know, again, it's, it's not a man rescuing a woman. It's a woman rescuing a man mm-hmm. in this case scenario with the lightsaber um, scene. And I mean, she just, she just nails it and she kicks ass. But what's interesting is uh, it's not like Finn doesn't try, you know, it's not like he, he does put himself out there and tries to be courageous, but at, at certain points he fails. And yet here she comes, not really necessarily concerned with being the hero, but she just pulls it out so naturally, you know? And, and I, I, I like the fact that, you know, it's not, it, it feels natural. It's not, uh, oh, we have to have a scene where the guy fails 
and the woman kicks right, ass. Right, right, it's, right, It's more, really more about just survival, uh, taking down this evil uh, being that they have to fight. And um, I don't know, I just, I was really impressed with how uh, it was overall put together. Yeah, I, and I mean, uh, and I, I need to point this out just because I was thinking about this again. It's when you go back and watch the the movies, um, you know, there, there was such an important scene in the New Hope where um, there was the using of the Force, uh, where, where a character hasn't used the Force before, right. and uh, Ray gets to use the Force in this movie. Uh, and it's pretty much very similar, and it involves stormtroopers. Um, don't want to. I'm going to try not to go too much to leave some surprise. But right. um, that scene in particular, I thought was real. It was comical. Yeah. Like it was. It was. It was comical and clever. And that I, I think it was actually even better in this one than it was in the New Hope. Yeah, I want to point this out. Um, getting into uh, not trying to deliberately transition to something else, but the fact that you brought up the, com- the, the comical aspect felt very J.J. Abrams-ish. Yeah. You know? like, what I like about this film is that it, it has that level of, <clears throat> of uh, you know, feeling like a genuine Star Wars film, like the original trilogy, but at the same time, it does have a modern take, a modern sensibility, attitude. It feels also like a J.J. Abrams film, a good J.J. Abrams film. And I think that's where the humor comes in. It's like, it's his kind of humor. George Lucas obviously had no sense of humor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that J.J. worked his ass off to make a quality Star Wars film, but at the same time, no. make his own film. And... What I think, what I think, if if someone really were to ask me what the big difference is between the original trilogy, the prequels, and this movie, um, the big difference uh, really lies between the humor comes off more natural than any of the other movies, but and also in terms of how this movie is much different than the prequels is the fact that the prequels was a really a lot about the political aspect of the world, um, kind of like the setup of like why these characters like really rich and this one just is kind of like fuck that we want action you know we're going to do some some character development along the way but our our goal here is to make this entertaining and engrossing and i think that's the big difference between the prequels and this movie i agree so what's next uh then we can talk about let's just get them out of the way please um (laughs) kylo ren um Played by Adam Driver. Now, I will say this. Um, this The moments, for the most part, leading up to the grand reveal of who Kylo Ren is in terms of the person underneath the mask, not the person of the reveal of who the character actually is, who he belongs to. Um, I would say that I was kind of on board, minus the fact that he threw a hissy fit. Um, I was kind of on board with the idea of the character being like this new new ruler, the the guy who wanted to be the next Darth Vader. Once the hissy fit happens, and then the grand reveal of who this character is, um, I'm very surprised that more people aren't complaining about this. I really am, and I don't know if it's just because I'm not a hardcore fan or whatever the case may be. 
Um, I just didn't. I didn't buy it. it. It's 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 not a. He's not menacing. He comes off wimpy and weak. And I understand like he's conflicted. I get that. People are like, oh, he's conflicted. He's conflicted. I just didn't buy into it. Um, and I, I feel like. Um, I don't know if he's going to progress better in the later movies, but right now, I hope so. But right now, um, he was hands down in terms of like being a big part of the movie. He was my weakest link, and he was the person who I would look back on and say, if I had to pick something big to complain about with this movie, I would pick Kylo Ren. I like the concept of the character. I like the conflict within the character. Again, it's great. It's a con- it's the difference between a great concept and execution. Now, I don't necessarily know who Adam Driver is. I'm not a fan of his, and I haven't really seen his previous work. But he just, he feels so long for the role. Like, he really just, he looks, and I, I, I said this before, I'm going to keep saying it, he looks like, no offense to any of the other fans, but he looks like a, a fan, a geeky fan, who... Got uh, who's going to Comic Con and has the best costume <laughs> of Kylo Ren. <laughs> Once he takes that mask off, he looks like a geek. Uh, and, and I'm not talking, I'm not going by uh, his looks necessarily. I'm just when you find out who he is, his, his origin, not only does the look bother me, but <clears throat> just the way he acts, the way he. Uh, you know, carries himself. Uh, the hissy fits are just ridiculous. Um, the one, the first hissy fit, I was like, okay, but then when he does it again, it's like, oh, 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 honey, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's a lot. Yeah. This, I'm so torn about whether I should talk about this or not. Um, it's a spoiler. It's a really big spoiler. I just I wanted to fucking talk about it. I'm sorry. It's my it's our podcast. We can talk about it. Everyone's going to know about it tomorrow anyhow. So, so yeah. yeah. You know, if, if you absolutely just, if you're still on board right now. Uh, <laughs> and you haven't seen the film and you're curious about this. This is the, probably the biggest plot point reveal this of it. This is it. Um, Kylo Ren learns that Leia and Han Solo is the mother and father and princess leia asks han solo to talk to him and kind of try to reason with him and bring him back from the dark side to the light side and there's this moment on the bridge where you know shit's about to go down i mean the setup of it if you've seen any of these movies you know shit's about to go down and there's this back and forth kind of conversation where you can tell Harrison Ford as Han Solo is really being genuine. He's really trying to get something out of it. And just the the look on Adam Driver's face as Ren is just it's it's just not there. It like it's just like I'm convicted, but I don't know what I'm doing here. He I, has no no uh he, he charisma is charisma. Yeah. But like to say that he's the son of, of Princess Leia and Han Solo, it's like, well, was he adopted? Because he sure as hell doesn't act like them in any possible way. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at that too. I mean, that, that's a good point that, you know, taking that aside of whether or not you like the performance or not, 
the look of the character when you find out the origins of that character look at the person's face look at how it's how how tall he is all that stuff like this is the offspring of that and again you know when, when did Han Solo have the little hissy fit when did uh, <laughs> when was Leia anything but uh, courageous and 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 it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And and what follows between him and Han Solo, I guess we should just say it. Yeah, the death of Han Solo. The death of Han Solo. Now, as a fan, as somebody who who and I've been thinking about this uh, all day, basically. Looking back at the the adventures of Han Solo, and knowing that he dies in this series, it's it's heartbreaking. I feel it, and I I hate it. But at the same time, I respect it. But what I don't respect is the way it was set up, and it wasn't it wasn't effective like it should have been. If you had a stronger performance from Adam Driver or just a different actor. And you have more, if you learned more about his conflict and, and how he was seduced by the dark side, then it would have you could have had one of the greatest moments in in it's Star Wars history, history. Star Wars history. But it's just basically Han Solo dies. That's it's, what they're banking on for you to fill that. But I, I just didn't wasn't uh, convinced with the death of Han hmm. Solo to me. Um is very comparable to how I feel the deaths are in majority of the Marvel films. Yeah. Where someone dies and you know it's coming, but it's kind of like it should have more of a... More a, weight. Right, more weight and more of an emotional punch. And considering all the things about Star Wars The Force Awakenings... Uh, Force Awakens. There should be this really big emphasis on this scene between these two characters. And I I mean, maybe it being another five minutes or something would have developed it and made it a much more emotional, more powerful scene. But it happened. It's like, you know, it's coming. Even a battle between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Something to it. This guy, I don't know something, like just some like real struggle or like some crying or some emotion. Like it's like yeah, I know, I know, I don't know what to do. Like he he does come off as a wimp. Yeah, he really does. Um, and I I, I mean trust me, I want to like this character, and I hope to freaking the force that he <laughs> he he progresses. Uh. But holy shit! It just uh, it, it's a big disappointment in a letter, and I I'm, I agree. Well, I'm very curious to see what, when the public sees it, if anybody's gonna complain because it's it's an issue that it, it's it's it really. I just I I just can't believe I just can't believe that you and I are the only two people that I've pretty much read. I mean I don't know I didn't read that many. I mean I'm probably about a handful yeah. where. They looked at this and they, they said like this was really good. Like I just I don't I don't I'm I I didn't know that. 
you know, people could be so forgiving. I mean, I understand that people really did not like the prequels, but they're, and I like this film a lot, you know, and I, I might be one of the, it might actually be my favorite blockbuster of the year, but it it's, does not go without, deny, uh, you can't, can't deny. deny the issues uh, with this character. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's basically it with him. I mean, we can talk all day about Kylo Ren. Uh, again, I, I, I like the concept, but not the execution. Yeah, um, I agree. Now, even though we we talked about Han Solo dying, I will quickly <laughs> say that Harrison Ford is awesome in this film. It looks like he actually gives a damn. However, I, I, I joke that I think the reason why he's so on board with this project is because they kill off his character and he probably never has to do this thing ever again so um but i i enjoyed oh i enjoyed seeing him and chewbacca back in action uh chewbacca gets a lot of screen time has some really funny moments yes um <laughs> it's that one scene oh you're cold <laughs> um but just of course the nostalgia kicks you in the ass but just the way it's it's done on the film, it's just it feels good. It's it's a, it's a great watch to see those two uh, do well, and, and the rapport between uh, Han Solo and and Daisy, awesome, awesome. And it's almost a shame that they had to kill off Han Solo because I would have loved to have seen more of that. But what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, if if one thing to kind of you know kind of do a little bit more of a summary of the actual film since we're we're running a little short on time, um, I think this is the great. Uh, I, I titled my re- review the passing of the lightsaber because ultimately what I saw this movie is is just that. Um, in a lot of ways, I might even argue that this almost feels like it's a remake of you know like a, a kind of like not a, a hand you know a script for script remake but like um the movie for the new generation the oh. new hope for the new generation kind of what i opened this up with where it's the passing of the lightsaber passing of these characters and we're ultimately um more focused on you know we saw han solo we seen princess i don't think princess leia is going to be around that much either Probably based not. on based on what we've seen um, and it oh, almost oh, excuse me, general, general, yeah. general. Uh, being a general brings a lot of stress. <laughs> At her age, you never know. Yeah, um, I am curious though, what's going to happen with Luke? Um, because that's this entire movie is just everyone's looking for Luke. The good guys, the bad guys, everyone's looking for Luke. Yeah, the just, audience is, has been asking for Luke. Well, so have the characters in the movie. So. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I guess for those who are expecting Luke Skywalker to be in this movie, um, you know, since we talked about everything else, he's there. He's at the very end of the movie. He had an assistant. He had an assistant in the credits, apparently, to be there for that, you know, two minutes of uh, standing on a, a mountaintop. But... um. You know, it, it it it's the perfect kind of setup film. The one where you walk out of this movie, and as much as you're going to be like, yeah, as a fan, you're going to be like, no, I got to wait. What what is it? Two years now, right? I think two years. Two yeah. years. Two fucking years. Two years. You're going to get Rogue One next year, and then you're gonna, about, yes, but and then still. you're going to get the next episode. And um, it, I guess ultimately that's a success story. The fact that. 
yeah, well, I'm excited for a, a different Star Wars story. I'm, I'm so invested in this one that I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it continue. So, no, I, I think that's, I think that's something that you know says a lot about this. It, it kind of, I will, I will, I want to, I want to give someone actually a shout out here for for actually being a little bit more critical about this movie, and that's uh, Fred Topel. Um, I read his review this morning. Look, look you gotta have to send me the link. I yeah, it's, it. it's it's he's very. He has a really good kind of perspective on this, and he kind of ties in kind of similar to what I said earlier about the cinematic, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, he said, ultimately, when the New Hope kind of came to a close, it felt like it was a movie that ended, like it was kind of like you wanted more from the movie. But, like, if there was no sequel, there was no sequel, you would have been okay with that. This one, you're kind of, you're getting set up for the next movie. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure the next movie is probably going to end on a cliffhanger, too. And then the point of all these other spinoff movies is to kind of fill in the gaps in between what happened with these characters and kind of build these characters up. So, with that being said, I I like the aspect of being excited for, for another movie, but... In a way, it kind of always gives an excuse to why we didn't develop this so much or why we didn't um, shape this character or why this story isn't closed. And um, I don't know if I like that. I mean, I can see why they're doing it. This is a franchise that's never going away. But... I, I I just want to point out his point about that, and I I think it's a it's a very interesting point. No, I, I agree. Uh, that's one of the criticisms that I had in my review, my written review, was that there's a lot of setup, uh, whereas A New Hope did not have <clears throat> it did not have setup. It was very much a one shot deal with the possibility of continuing, but this one relies on your investment with Star Wars. It relies on your nostalgia. For you to say, for you to accept that you're not getting the full, complete story with this film. Uh, So, in a way, it is kind of a flaw, uh, but it it does allow me to be excited, of course, but... Yeah, this movie does have some un, un, uh, unanswered questions and some wasted characters. I want to throw that in there, such as the uh, the clone uh, stormtrooper. I think it's a uh, General Plasma or something. Uh, Captain Plasma. Plasma. Yeah, the the girl from which you know again, like they they made so much hype about this character. Yeah, this yeah. and you know putting this actress who's so beloved on Game of Thrones mm-hmm. in this role. You know, to to kind of get this storyline of where this character is going, and just to to be like a bun of a joke, to be a like plot of a joke, that's all the character really got to do. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, she's on the dark side too, but then like nothing else about it. Um, there's, I guess that's what my my other criticism about this movie is that there's a lot of uh, uh, levels of what you said are relying on nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, and and I feel like. A few times it feels natural, especially in the beginning, like when Han Solo and and Chewie show up. That feels like a natural progression. After a while, I feel like they're just like, oh, and we're going to throw this in here, and we're going to throw this in here, to the point where it loses a little steam, not for fans because they're just going to be like, oh, my God, that's that, or that's that character. But um, 
it's it's a little bit overused. And then in terms of the the characters being introduced in this movie, if you again, if you know this is going to be a lifelong franchise, if you know you're going to have spinoff movies, if you're going to have more movies, there's really no necessary need to have some of the characters in this movie mm. outside of just saying we have this name and this name, but it's Star Wars. You don't need that. You can have people shitting. You can take the Seth MacFarlane route and just have people shit in the hats and everyone <laughs> would go see this movie. So, But that's what I would, I would say is another drawback for me is the fact that there's so many characters and some of them don't need to be there because I was fine with Oscar Isaac not being developed, but there's just some of the other ones where there's just too yeah, many fa- faces. I disappointed. I was disappointed that that clone stones would not do anything, basically. Yeah. And I want to point out as well, uh, the, the new, you know, it's not a Death Star. It's it's, it's a Death Planet, basically. <laughs> and... Um, what was the name of that? I, I, I think I wrote it down. But. but, you know, one of the most interesting aspects of the New Hope is the struggle they went through. The amount of people that they lost to take down that, that ship, that uh, Death Star. This one didn't seem so difficult, I hate to say. It's, it's a, an exciting scene. And, and you, you have the aerial dogfights as well as, you know, the, the lightsaber battles. But <laughs> when they take it down, it, it, it kind of, <clears throat> I guess they don't build planets as reliable as uh, Death Stars because it, it kind of got taken down a little, little easily. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think the good way to kind of close this out is, is basically talking about, like, the overall flow of the film and the level of convenience that this movie kind of sets up. Yeah. Um, it's one thing that you want to tell a familiar story because you don't want to go the prequel route and create all new characters and try to create a backstory to stuff that you already have enough source material to rely on. Mm-hmm. So you borrow some of those scenes and some of those moments. Um, but there's a level too much of convenience in this film where you're like oh of course this happened of course they ran into this person um and it's a lot of the movies built on convenience kind of like this is this this is the stepping stone of the movie and um again as much as i enjoyed this film and i again i from a, a fan as a blockbuster this is one of the best ones of the year you look at this film and you look at the convenience factor of it and you know beat by beat by beat based on seeing the previous Star Wars movies, knowing what they throw in there, you know where this movie's going. You know where it's going to end. You know where it begins. And you pretty much know what's happening in the middle. That's why I'm actually kind of surprised that so many people were like blown away by these some of these spoilers. Yeah. I mean, there's only one really big thing I think that happens in this movie that we've talked about already. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I can easily say I love the film, but because I'm a fan, uh, and I want you to love it as well. I want you to really just enjoy the film and have so much fun with it. Carry, you know, watch it throughout the years and, and pass it down to generations. This is worthy of the Star Wars name. But there is a level where 
and actually uh, Shikha Wars mentioned this, not with Star Wars, but with other things. You can be a fan, but there is a level where being critical is okay. You know, this is a satisfactory film, but when you really look at certain things, the conveniences, the, uh, the comparing certain battles to uh, past battles of the franchise, you start to say that there's nothing wrong particularly with what you're watching with The Force Awakens, but they're not perfect. Nothing is perfect in this film. It feels perfect. But when you start to really open your mind, you, you realize that, yeah, okay, there, there, there are some issues, and there's going to be hardcore geeks for years debating a lot of stuff on this film. Oh, I right agree. Right now, everybody is going to come out of here like, right now. Oh, every, yeah, exactly. Thank, I'm so glad you said that, because right now is the time. This is this is a movie where you're going you're gonna to see over the test of time, where... You're going to see right now. Everyone's going in this with fan eyes. Where they're, they're. I mean, like Nick Castletto, for example. You know, when it came out, I was like, ah, oh, I loved it. It was pretty much flawless, except for Dom, Dom Gleason's character, which we didn't talk about, which we're not going to talk about because it wasn't, it wasn't that important. Um, but you know, that's what he like. That was his only criticism. I'm like, really? No. That was your only criticism of this entire film? And I think it'll be interesting because, regardless of how everyone feels and the fact that it you know everyone's like it has a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes if you look at the actual grades of most of the reviews it's it's a seven an eight a three out of four 3.5 like no one's like saying this is a 10 out of 10 movie um and i think that's getting exactly what you're saying i i think there's a lot that's going to be debated in the year in in the years i mean in the weeks to come because no one's uh, as I, I'm really kind of kind of depressed I'm going to have to hear about this movie pretty much for the next six months. I, I mean, <laughs> as much as I like it, I just know that... You, you, you think you're depressed wait till Ashley... Oh, uh, I know. She's, <laughs> but I think Ashley's going to like it. That's the funniest thing. I think she's going to like it, but I think she's she's going to find flaws too. Oh, of course. And, and that's just it. You know, like I, I would be really curious to see uh, somebody listening to this podcast um, this weekend or after the movie... Having them say, having them, and I swear, tweet, tweet to us, hashtag WLF podcast. Tell us what you think of the film and our uh, take on it. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody came out and said, You guys are assholes, this movie's awesome, but a year from now, they could possibly think back and be like, You know what? That, that, that's. Planet thing, whatever it was called, it was, it was taken down a little easily, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, or how about just the fact that it looked just like the Death Star? Only much good. Yeah. So, I uh, love the movie. I, I loved it. I can easily say I loved it. It's obviously going to end up somewhere in my top ten. But um, at the same time, you know, use your head and... and, uh, and, and uh, it's actually fun to criti- uh, to criticize because then you can get into these debates and these uh, discussions. Otherwise, if you're just a group of people saying, oh, I love it, it's awesome, you're basically jerking each other off. So, <laughs> Good way to put it. I agree. I agree. I think um, films are always more entertaining when people can see the flaws or have a difference of opinion. I think when everyone comes out of a movie and says that they loved it, um, it, it proves that it is a great movie, but 
Uh, I, I don't know who I was watching today, but someone says there's there's only about like five movies a year that I think everyone kind of comes out and you can say that was a perfect film. And I don't even know if there's that many. I mean, I, I think they took that number at random. I, I, I would even lower that number to like one or two, if that, a year where there, it's a perfect film. Um, and again, what's perfect to me may be something that's different to you. It's not always perfect to everyone. Spotlight's perfect to some people. To other people, it's okay. So um, thank you so much. Um, you can share this podcast. Um, it's going to be on iTunes. It's going to be on the redgorillanetwork.com. It will be, the video will go up on YouTube channel. Uh, you can read both me and Gabe wrote reviews, weliveentertainment.com, YouTube channel, we live film for my review and with Gabe. And then there's also Nick Casaletto and he's doing a spoiler review tomorrow. So lots of star Wars content, just like everybody else, but, uh, Hey, support us. We're smaller and we love this stuff. So we really love this yeah, th stuff. This is why we live film. Because That's right. This is, this is what we do. This is, <laughs> The, fo the force is strong with us. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we will see you, remember, every Friday. Right, right. We, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, so we are we are moving to Fridays. We, we will not have any shows for the next three weeks, believe it or not. There's three weeks that we're going by where we will not – actually, is it three or two? No, two weeks, sorry. Two. two weeks that we will not have a show, and then we will return the first week of January on Fridays. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same time. The first couple of episodes will be longer because we have so much to talk about. We're going to be going over the best and worst of 2015. We're going to talk about Sundance. We're going to talk about the Academy Awards because those nominations come out on the 15th. So we're going to have a podcast just in time for those. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, Merry Christmas. If Merry you Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, uh, Hanukkah is over, but, you know, still happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy Festivus for the rest of us uh, and everything. Else, so and, uh, happy new year! Yes. And follow us on Twitter so you can stay uh, up to date with what we're doing, how yep. we're living film, and when this podcast will air because <laughs> we're still kind of figuring that out. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, and we and I uh, hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Take care. Thanks for listening to the official We Live Film podcast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. And remember, some watch film, but we live it. I'll be back. Thank you for listening to Red Gorilla Network. Make sure to check us out at redgorillanetwork.com for more information on our shows, hosts, guests, and artists. If you'd like to be featured on a show, you may do so by contacting us at 818-855-9210. Thanks for listening. Red Gorilla Network, the Kong of Casting, is broadcasted in Burbank, California. The content on Red Gorilla Network does not necessarily reflect the CEO, staff, host, guest, or artist on the station.